welcome to the Over 50 Health and Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin English. I'm a certified personal trainer and nutrition coach, and my mission is to help you get into the best shape of your life, regardless of your age, so you can show up in life as the healthiest, strongest, and most vital version of yourself. But before we get to today's show, I want to let you know that all month long in December, my 10-pound fat loss program is 50% off. This is an eight-week-long fat loss jumpstart program. It normally is $300, but it is $150 for the remainder of this month. So if you're planning a weight loss resolution this coming New Year's and you would like some guidance, take a look at this program. If you want to learn more, check out the last Coach's Corner episode titled New Year's Resolution Diets that I published last week, or you can head over to silveredgefitness.com and click on the coaching tab at the top of that page. Make sure you use the coupon code SILVER50, that's SILVER50, all run together at checkout. Today we have another edition of the Coach's Corner, so no guest today, it's just me, and we'll be back next week with our regular interview format. But here's what we're covering in today's brief episode. I spend a few minutes talking about Newsweek's recent cover story titled Toxic Food, Your Meal Should Come with a Warning Label, and why I think this is such a big deal. Then I talk a little bit about how much sugar the average person consumes, why that's very, very bad, and some tips on reducing our sugar intake. Okay, let's do this. Time to get on with today's show. Newsweek cover story. Last week, the front cover of Newsweek magazine had a picture of a decadent-looking cheeseburger with the headline that read, Toxic Food, Your Meal Should Come with a Warning Label. And there was an actual warning label on the burger which read, Warning, Ultra-Processed Food Raises the Risk of Diabetes, Cancer, Heart Disease, Obesity, and Dying of COVID-19. And I have to say, I'm stunned. This is the first time that I've seen mainstream media tackle this subject in such a direct manner. The article starts out by stating that being overweight has never before in our history been so dangerous. Half of Americans now have diabetes or pre-diabetes, and three-quarters of us are overweight. One in ten children between the ages of two and five are actually obese, and that number is one in five for teens. The article quotes Marion Nestle. She's a professor of nutrition, food studies, and public health at New York University. And she says, quote, we have now the accumulated evidence, particularly in the last five years, that people who eat more ultra-processed foods have higher risks of obesity, diabetes, cardiovascular diseases, depression, cancer, renal, and liver diseases, end quote. In other words, Our food is literally killing us. But what exactly are these foods that are being labeled as ultra-processed? The article does a great job of defining the product as well as the problem. They state, quote, At issue is the explosive growth in a broad class of food products that are not merely processed in the conventional sense to lengthen shelf life, but are often modified to maximize flavor, visual appeal, texture, odor, and the speed with which they are digested. 
These foods are made by deconstructing natural food into its chemical constituents, modifying them, and then recombining them into new forms that bear little resemblance to anything found in nature. So radically are they altered that nutrition scientists have given them a new name, ultra-processed. Ultra-processed foods are often designed to directly target the vulnerabilities of the human brain, in particular to exploit the way the brain processes pleasurable sensations. They often deliver a signal to the brain's reward centers so quick and potent, some neuroscientists believe that many people find it as addictive as opioids or nicotine. Lab-made creations such as chips, hot dogs, enriched bagels, and American cheese have been a staple of the American diet since the 1980s. In recent years, however, the varieties of these foods have multiplied on store shelves and in fast food restaurants. In 2017 and 2018, they accounted for 57% of calories consumed by the average American, end quote. And it seems that these highly engineered food substances are in fact designed to be highly addictive. They are so much more rewarding to our brain centers than anything our brains have evolved to handle. In fact, new studies are suggesting that the change in our diet may also be changing our brains permanently, rewiring them with these aberrant patterns that lead to compulsive eating and even addiction. But more on that in a minute. At any rate, this was a very well thought out and well articulated lengthy article that makes a case against ultra processed foods. And the fact that it was the cover story for a mainstream media outlet like Newsweek is encouraging to me that this topic might finally get some much needed attention. I'll drop a link to this article in the show notes, and you can find that over at silveredgefitness.com slash episode 97. How to avoid added sugar. I just read an article that said that the average American consumes 57 pounds of added sugar every year. Okay, so let's do a little math here. There's roughly 453.5 grams in a pound, meaning we eat 28,854 grams of sugar a year, which works out to almost 71 grams of added sugar every single day. And as scary as that number is, that means that there are plenty of people out there eating way more than that. So this isn't sugar that occurs naturally in whole foods like fruit, but these are sugars that are extracted and then added back into our foods. So where are all these sugars? The obvious place is in candies, sodas, pastries, desserts, etc. But added sugar is insidious and it is now in most of the processed foods we eat even the healthy-sounding foods. For example, take a look at your favorite protein bar, granola bar, flavored yogurt, or sports drink. Chances are they are full of sugar. But sugar is now being added to nearly everything. It's in almost all of our sauces and condiments, our healthy-sounding cereals, and all of our breads. There are over 50 names for sugar commonly used as food ingredients, and savvy marketers are now labeling foods with statements like no high fructose corn syrup or no refined sugars. 
Fortunately, the FDA now requires food manufacturers to include the amount of added sugar on the nutrition label for all processed foods, and you'll find this information in the carbohydrate section of that label. Just how much added sugar should we be eating? Well, the American Heart Association states that the maximum daily sugar intake for adult males is 37 grams, and for females, it's 25 grams per day. My personal take is that even those amounts are too high. One of the simplest and best pieces of diet advice I've ever seen comes from CrossFit's Fitness in 100 Words, which begins with the sentence, Eat meats and vegetables, nuts and seeds, some fruit, little starch, and no sugar. Regardless of how you feel about CrossFit, if we all lived by this nutrition advice, we would be a much healthier nation by far. But why is eating all this sugar so bad for us? Sugar has been shown to be a major contributor to obesity, heart disease, type 2 diabetes, fatty liver disease, and cancer. And in addition, sugar consumption is linked to depression, acne, accelerated skin aging, and cellular aging. But most of us know that sugar is bad for our health. Then why do we keep eating it? It may not be as simple as we lack the willpower to make healthier food choices, or that we are simply unaware of how much sugar that we are actually consuming, although that certainly plays a role. But study after study is showing us that sugar is highly addictive. In fact, researchers are now showing that sugar is as addictive, if not more so, than cocaine or cigarettes. And so maybe it's no wonder so many of the big tobacco companies have invested so heavily in processed foods in the past few decades. It turns out that eating sugar releases the neurotransmitter dopamine, which is a part of our reward circuit, and it's associated with addictive behaviors. The dopamine release gives us a pleasurable high, making us more likely to continue to crave sweet tastes. And as we continue eating sugary foods more and more, our brains adjust to release less dopamine, meaning that we need to eat more sugar in order to get that same dopamine high. And as we continue to crave and eat more and more sugary foods, our neural pathways are becoming increasingly hardwired to crave more and more sugar. And this problem is only exacerbated by combining these sugars with other highly engineered food additives found in ultra-processed foods. But if you want to have some fun, head over to Google and do an image search on 1960s sugar ads. It turns out that the sugar industry funded some research to get some Harvard scientists to make some outrageous claims about the health and weight control statements about sugar. This is eerily reminiscent of the vintage cigarette ads where your doctor preferred Camel brand cigarettes over any other. And some of these early sugar ads had headlines that read things like, sugar can be the willpower you need to undereat. And... Sugar keeps your energy up and your appetite down. Another one reads, If sugar is so fattening, how come so many kids are thin? Anyway, you want to have some fun? Go over and Google 1960s sugar ads. So, what can you do to help break the addictive cycle of sugar consumption? The first step is simply being aware of how much sugar is in the foods you are regularly eating. Start by looking at the nutrition panel on the foods in your pantry and refrigerator. And then when you go to the store, try to make healthier choices when you're shopping for your food. Your first line of defense is awareness. 
and allowing that awareness to dictate what you bring home from the grocery store. Another tip is to sweeten your food yourself. I personally love Greek yogurt, and I buy organic plain Greek yogurt at the grocery store, and I typically add frozen berries to it for a tasty treat. Another way to fight against sugar cravings is to prioritize healthy proteins and fats in your diet. These foods are more satiating, and by eating more of the healthy protein and fats, you'll feel fuller, longer, and you'll be less likely to have those sugar cravings. Another tip to help break the cycle of sugar addiction may seem unlikely, and that's to practice self-care. When we take care of ourselves by getting eight hours of sleep a night and we have some sort of stress control practices in place, things like meditation or journaling, we're much less likely to make poor impulsive food choices. I want to end our discussion with a quick note about artificial sweeteners. It may seem like swapping from sugar to artificial sweeteners would be a reasonable strategy. But here's the problem. In some cases, artificial sweeteners are actually worse than natural sugar. While most artificial sweeteners have zero calories and they are marketed as a healthy alternative to sugar, this is absolutely not the case. And the problem goes back to that addictive nature of sugar. Artificial sweeteners are hundreds of times sweeter than regular table sugar, causing us to crave sweeter and sweeter tastes that simply aren't found anywhere in real food. Your best bet is to avoid these man-made monstrosities altogether and use some of the tips above to help curb your sweet tooth. Okay, that's our show for today, folks. I'll put the links to everything we talked about in the show notes, and you can check that out over at silveredgefitness.com slash episode 97. And if you're interested in the 10-pound fat loss program, remember you can sign up over at silveredgefitness.com. Just click on the coaching tab at the top of the page there. And remember to use the coupon code SILVER50, that's SILVER50, all run together, for 50% off at checkout. And keep in mind that this discount is only good for the remainder of December. As we wrap up our time together today, you can show your support for this show in two important ways. One is to tell a friend about this podcast and encourage them to give it a listen. And the second is to give this podcast a five-star review on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on and be sure to subscribe and follow so you don't miss any future episodes. I really appreciate you spending your time with me today. And until next time, stay strong.